It's time for episode 258 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Thursday, September 13, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where this week we're celebrating Thor's Day. I'm your host, Dan Morin, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing this Thor's Day, Micah? Uh, I just am a trickster god, so I don't much care for Thor, if I'm honest. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm, I'm growing my beard out to celebrate. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, we are joined, as always, by two wonderful guests to talk technology to my left it is my friend and the editor of IT Pro Today, a podcaster at The Incomparable, uh, Lisa Schmeiser, is back with us. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. We're happy to have you. And to my left is the chief emoji officer at Emojipedia, uh, the patrons, I love this, the patron saint of people who have jobs which have permanently alienated them from their parents, <laughs> says the Irish Times. It is the one and only Jeremy Burge. Hello, Jeremy. Yeah, I did see that quote in the Irish Times, and I thought it was very amusing. Uh, For the record, my mother is very proud of me. (laughs) So is your grandma. I always see those posts about your grandma, and they're so sweet, and they touch my heart. She she loves the emoji. She loves iMessage. She forgets how to use all the features, and then every few months she remembers how to do the handwriting or the voice memos, and she only only uses it for a whole week. She's so proud. This this is a wholesome episode of the podcast today. Uh, All right, I'm going to kick things off uh, by, of course, talking about the big thing going on this week, Apple's iPhone event yesterday. Uh, One thing that stood out to me in the introduction of these new Apple iPhone models is the integration of this dual SIM technology, which is essentially lets you have sort of a virtual or eSIM for one carrier, but also have a physical SIM card from another carrier. So my question is, is this something that's interesting to you that you think you'll actually use? Have you done sort of the SIM swapping game before while traveling, or do you maintain like different uh, subscriptions where you live? What do you think about the utility of this feature for you and more broadly? Lisa? I think it's amazing. Uh, And I say this as somebody who has just gotten back from an overseas trip where I did swap my SIM cards in and out uh, to be able to switch through instead of having to remember which SIM card I was using or pop them in and out when I was changing plans would be great. Um, Another use that people might not think of, but might come in handy for the fantastically prepared among us, different uh, U.S. carriers have different strengths in coverage. and. I took a wilderness medicine class earlier this year. Basically, you know, here's how to keep people alive in the wilderness. And one of the things they recommend you keep in your uh, wilderness first aid kit were, quote unquote, multiple cell phones with multiple carriers because you don't know what kind of coverage you might get in the backcountry. And the idea, honestly, of having one phone but the ability to switch between different carriers depending on where I'm, where I'm hiking or rafting or camping would be great. That <laughs> I'm going to need to do that, clearly. Um <laughs> Like everyone's like wilderness phones. What? <laughs> I thought for a second you said you got training on how to keep people out of the wilderness. I'm like, that's a great idea. We should keep more people out of the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one way you can do that is by telling them they need multiple phones yeah. for multiple carriers. No, it and was. Then, I was like, are you serious? All I want, like, I go into the backcountry to get away from technology. Now you're telling me to carry like two to three phones from two to three carriers. You know? <laughs> that's a uh, wilderness preparedness pro model. Right. Um, yeah. really 
really cool. So I, I think this is a great thing for people who do need it. I have not ever dual well, wait, dual weld will wielded i don't wielded know. thank you i don't know why i could not think of that thank you uh sim cards i haven't had a reason to uh but again like uh, this is exciting for the people who do use this a lot or for some reason might have two numbers uh those of you who are spies and secret agents <laughs> and i know you need two numbers so <laughs> sorry sorry i forgot i can't bring that up uh so yeah that it's it's a cool feature but not something that i think i'll be using anytime soon but who knows maybe i'll need to take a wilderness trip uh, well, I am not a spy, but I do keep multiple numbers. Uh, a spy would uh, say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, so, what I was trying to say is I am a spy. Uh, <laughs> for, just for the record. Um, I think this is going to come down to the details. This is going to work great for data. Uh, I really wonder how they're going to handle the phone number side of this. There's so many intricacies. I keep lots of different sims. I have one in Australia, one in the UK. I try and keep one alive in the US because I'm there a lot, but uh, carriers in the US. I mean, so so uh, as an example, in Australia, I can top up one of my prepaid SIM cards. I can buy a month of data, and if you don't top it up for about six months, that's fine. They just you can't use it, but they don't get rid of your number. In the US, you wait about two months. They've booted your number <laughs> off the system, you know, so you can fly back home, go back to the US, and your number is dead. Your account is dead. So in the instance that you have a second. SIM, whether it's an eSIM or not, I really wonder how the phone number portion will work. If you don't keep it topped up, do you then have to get a different phone number every time? Do they Does that integrate with iMessage? Can you receive iMessage from both phone numbers simultaneously? I don't know. I think this is great for data. It's great for extra reception if you're in the bush, if you're a spy, all those things. But as for keeping two numbers alive, I really think carriers are going to find a way to ruin this and it will just be good for data, which maybe in 2018 is fine. Carriers are going to find a way to ruin this. No truer words have ever been spoken. Uh, I, yeah, I, I they, like, they do. They will. Yeah, that's this, it's what they do. It's what they're good at. Um, and so for me, I, I actually do think this will be useful. I've traveled a fair amount over the past few years, and I've really loved the ability to go with an unlocked phone to another country and just pop in a SIM card. When I was in India a couple of years ago for a, like an extended period of time, like there was just you know going to be a lot harder for me to get by without any sort of data coverage. And so being able to get a local sim and pop it in rather than paying the exorbitant rates that my carrier would charge because carriers ruin things that's what they do um mm-hmm. I, it was just it was hugely beneficial so my big question is whether i'll be able to shift my domestic plan to an e-sim thus essentially leaving the physical sim tray free to just pop stuff in when i go because i hate doing that little dance of like all right i've ejected the sim tray don't lose this sim for my phone when i eventually want to go home because someday i will want to uh and then put in the other little tiny little sim um it's a it's a little bit finicky and annoying so uh i'm i'm glad to see this i'm hoping that this means eventually eSIM will eventually just become sort of the de facto law of the land but you know it, it may be a while before all those carriers are willing to sacrifice whatever they think they're losing from it good Thank- luck yeah <laughs> thanks i'm, I'm fingers are crossed <laughs> I feel like Apple's strategy here is they actually do want everyone to be on the eSIM oh, yeah. and just get rid of the SIM slot eventually, totally. but the carriers are not, they're not playing ball, right? That so far we've had it on the iPad, they do things where they lock you into the eSIM yep. if you switch once, 
And I think this is one more push where they'll, they'll say, look, it's on our premium product now. Mm-hmm. And I think a year's time, we're going to see no carriers really doing much with it other than, you know, maybe one per country or something. Yeah, I think I'm that's- not suggesting anyone should ever, ever feel sorry for a telephone carrier. Uh, but you do have to remember, these are businesses that have been kind of panicking since the 1980s because... Um, first long distance as a cash cow went away, landlines as a cash cow have gone away. And now the idea of proprietary lock-in to your mobile phone service and your data, um, companies have begun saying, that's not really a thing we, we care about. We, we want to make sure people have the widest access possible. So my sense is we're going to see a lot of panic moves before things settle out and are remotely humane and reasonable for people with dual sim yeah what i'm hearing is they're all out of cows so okay (laughs) Uh, let's go let's go let's move on to our second topic which comes from lisa all right so last week the u.s chamber of commerce uh released a set of privacy positions on internet privacy largely in reaction to the new laws passed by California. And one of the policy positions the U.S. Chamber of Commerce came up with was a proposal that companies be shielded from lawsuits if they violate laws around data collection and data use with their consumers. In other words, if a company is found in violation of a data privacy law, they want to make sure that company cannot be sued. I have to admit, my question has a bit of an Old Testament bent, which is, okay, let's take lawsuits off the table. What sort of punishment could these companies face in your ideal world where you are the boss of everything? Oh, see, this is all different now. This has changed. I thought this was more just like, what are some practical alternatives to uh, lawsuits. Because first of all, this is just bonkers. I don't understand Mm -hmm. why this doesn't make any sense. That's not good at all. I'm mad about it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess in an alternate world where uh, companies are exempt from lawsuits, what would happen is the, there would be like uh, agents who go in and they analyze everything. So we've got like financial analysts and things. They go in, they analyze everything. They find out the people that are responsible, the people that are directly responsible for the action. And then they're going to be taken to this really long hallway. And all that they're going to be told is you have to go to the other end of the hallway. And when you get to the other end of the hallway, you're free to go. But what they don't know is that the floor of the hallway is completely covered in Legos and, <laughs> in Lego, sorry, Lego <laughs> and their feet are bare. Yes! Look. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you monster. Oh, you beautiful monster. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I feel seen today. <laughs> Jeremy, what's your, what is your thought? I, I also uh, thought that we were maybe thinking about this insofar as, you know, what can we do in the, the legal, in the justice system with, without lawsuits? What does that look like? Uh, I like you your know, idea. You could go that way. I was just feeling a little vengeful this morning. So I love you it. Know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all for being vengeful. I do like your idea, Micah, of, you know what? I, f- I feel like once you make individuals accountable, suddenly they change their actions pretty quickly. It's pretty fun being yeah. in a company when you get to call the shots, do what you like, if you're sort of hiding behind the company there. But maybe maybe the individuals can still be sued, even if the company can. Ooh, I like that. It's a good thing. So uh, not as fun as the Lego walk, but... <laughs> I suspect twice as effective, but you never know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I, well, okay. So first of all, 
Have we considered bringing back the stocks, you know, where you put people in the town square and just like, no. <laughs> the tomatoes. Uh, yeah. But here, okay, you know, Lisa suggested sort of Old Testament and, and a little known fact about me, my minor in college was like Near Eastern, ancient Near Eastern starters, biblical studies. So I'm going to go <gasps> Old Testament on this one. I'm going to say, you know, you might as well just go straight out eye for an eye. So if you are, if you oh, are, I agree snap. with Jeremy, you track down the people responsible. And then what you do is you just publish all their private information everywhere. <laughs> because that seems like a good way to dissuade people from feeling like, oh, yeah, I don't really care about anybody's public information. Yeah, fine. Really? Okay, great. We'll post all of your public information everywhere. And then we'll see how you feel about it. Because really, how else are they going to learn? That is a great idea. Yeah, you you took my answer, which was basically <laughs> let's see how <laughs> basically let's see how they like it. But I would also suggest that an alternate form of punishment for uh, people who are careless with other folks' personal data is that they are prohibited from collecting any data ever for a period of time to be determined to be determined by the people who were the most affected by the misuse and misappropriation of data. Whoa. So. So, so basically, your your uh, suspension of operations would depend on how merciful the least merciful among your victims is feeling that day. Ooh, I like it. I not like to, it. Not to get ex- existential, but then what happens if they ignore that? Then do we get to sue them? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. Yeah, I want. You know, I think at some point we're gonna, just going to have to have like internet court. It'll be like the international oh, court God. of justice, except for internet, except for internet businesses. Yeah, the internet you know, those, court. Those do- That'll Those do transcend borders. Yeah. yeah, that that'll work just as well as like the people's court, I'm sure. Well, I feel like you get all of the judges, you have their faces covered in emojis for anonymity. <laughs> Jeremy, help us out. Well, th- yeah, this sounds yeah. great to me. I've, I've just been at the, the taping of effectively UK Judge Judy yesterday, so uh, maybe we could also do some kind of TV internet spectacular. Right, I like what we're you coming up to, with here. And, and, and of course, all the, all the court decisions are delivered via GIF. This is, this is good thinking. I like it. All right. All right. Before we get too carried away, it's halftime here at Clockwise. And halftime is, of course, when we like to tell you about our sponsors. I'm going to toss it over to Micah to tell us about this week's. Yeah, this episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Squarespace. You're going to make your next move with Squarespace and you're going to like it. See, Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea, and you're going to get a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more to work with. If you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog about alternate forms of, forms of punishment when lawsuits are out the window, you can do that with Squarespace's all-in-one platform. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, not even any upgrades that you need to think about, because Squarespace has it all covered for you. They've got award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help, they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates they have are beautifully designed, genuinely they are, for you to show off your great ideas. I've talked before about how I use Squarespace. If you're out there and you're thinking about a podcast, maybe you've got a great podcast idea, but you're just not sure how to get started, how to get it up, how to get it going, Squarespace is a great place to host your podcast. And plans start at just 12 bucks a month. Guess what? You can start a trial with no credit card required if you go to Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash clockwise. And when you decide to sign up, go ahead and use the offer code clockwise because that's going to get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain, and you'll be showing your support for our show. Thanks so much to Squarespace for your support. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash clockwise with the offer code clockwise to get 10% off. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. And now I will make my next move with my question. So, I'm mad. Um, I'm 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 upset. Apple 
revealed three new phones, and they came out with this phone called the iPhone XR. Don't know why it's called that, but what's cool about it is it comes in all these fun colors, and one of those colors is this beautiful blue. Like it's hot. I think the phone is hot, and I am mad that I cannot have that phone with all of the fun fixins that the iPhone. 10s and 10s max supply so my question is do you want colors in iphone 10s 10s max or and then also like what are your thoughts on on why this is the case why apple is only sticking to these particular colors for its more premium device jeremy um well mike i'm sorry you're upset <laughs> oh, thank you <laughs> um you know what i put myself in apple shoes here and i think i might do the same thing that they're doing that what they try and do is they're trying to give you an incentive to buy the high-end phone and an incentive to buy the low-end phone. They don't want to say this is the high-end with all the cool stuff and then this is the low-end that has nothing, that it's just the, the rubbish mm. version of the good one. So you want to offer something for those people and I guess colors are a good way to do it. That I, I understand why. I mean, I love colors. Everyone wants colors, but it's it's smart segmentation of the market. You get the, the trendy people with their gold and their silver, and then you get the colors down the other end. I do think maybe the 5C strategy was good, though. Have the plastic, make the 10R a plastic phone with all the colors, and then you can have the, the 10S everything with maybe a cool sort of metallic colors. I don't know. Maybe that would be a better way to segment it, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand the logic, but I'm with Mikey here. I really, I wish that the the colors made their way to the higher end phones, if only because I'm just, I'm not that big a fan of the gold or silver. I end up usually with the space gray, which I kind of find is the most muted, obviously. Um, I, I just, I get, unco- like, gold is not my thing. It's just not my color. Like, I look at all the accessories, like, I, I noticed, like, Apple, I think they also put out some new Beats headphones that sort of match the shades of the uh, 10s yesterday. And, and your beard. That would kind of match your yeah, beard That's as right. Well. It's very golden, my beard, <laughs> for Thor's Day. Um, and <laughs> I... Uh, I just don't. I don't think it looks good on me. I don't think it's my color. So I really wish I love. I like the blue phone a lot. I'm with Mike on that one. I would love to see a green phone because I'm just green is my favorite color, and I just would really love that. Um, I hear the red and and coral ones are pretty spectacular to look at too. So I, I love the idea of colors. Apple, you know, they're old. They had used to have that six color rainbow logo, right? Like it, it feels very much a part of their identity. I I not enjoyed the metallic tints quite as much, but I do totally understand as Jeremy, you know, explained why why you would do it that. way way i just don't agree with it because i'm petty and i want my colors lisa <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to talk more about dan's pettiness <laughs> uh, Please. <laughs> I'm, ac- I'm actually reminded of the imac spec in the late 90s early 80s and i'm reminded of the earlier ipod launches and what this seems to suggest is apple is kind of following its history of um appealing to younger audiences and or more trend-driven audiences for whom the bells and whistles of the technology are not, I I wouldn't say less important, but I would say they don't prioritize them the same way that they prioritize their responsiveness to design as a whole. And if you're a teenager, you can probably save up for and afford one of the beautiful colored iPhones, but not so much the, you know, metallic ones, which and, and the, the the higher end premium ones, which definitely have a look and a feel that is quote unquote premium. 
And when you're a kid, you may be like, I'm just going to use this phone for a few years and then I'm going to upgrade, or I'm just going to use this phone for 18 months and I'm going to upgrade. So the uh, line with the colors actually feels to me like a play for an audience that tends to regard phones and technology as personal accessories first and then pieces of technology second. And it makes perfect sense to me why they did it this way. Um, I think that my reaction to it, which is um, along the lines of, eh, it's nice, but it's not for me, says more about my attitudes as a tech consumer, where I tend to buy a phone and then use it until it's an amusing antique than it does, <laughs> than it does about, you know, the, the, who Apple is aiming at with, the, with these products. Uh, well, I thank you all for your very reasonable answers. I'm just going to continue <laughs> to say I'm mad and cross my arms <laughs> and I'm ready to move on to Jeremy's topic. What do you got for us? Uh, so the cheap iPhone this year, the one that you just mentioned, Micah, the 10R, it's not the smallest one. For the first time, uh, we've got the, the situation where if you want the cheapest phone, you have to have a slightly bigger one. If we're not talking about all the previous generations that are still sticking around. So I'm wondering, I know what tends to happen with all the nerds in our lives that people ask us, you know, which phone to buy. And I'm wondering if you have people in your lives that want a small and cheap iPhone. And if so, what is your advice to them given the lineup this year? Uh, yeah, I guess they can't buy an iPhone this year. <laughs> uh, no, it's tough. I mean, the SE was still in the lineup up until yesterday, and that was a really good option for people who wanted a more modern phone, but in a smaller size. But yeah, as Jeremy points out, the smallest phone is now the 10s, which is a little bit of a strange situation because... Uh, you know, I like small, smaller phones. I was not quite ready to go down to an SE, but the 10 was a, a decent size for me. Um, and so it's strange to think like, wait, the 10R has a bigger screen. Um, I think I would still probably recommend the 10R cause a lot of people are sort of valuing price over size. Uh, my fiance is looking for a new phone cause she's on a six and I'm kind of wondering like what exactly to recommend to her, but I know she doesn't want to spend a bundle. So like that question of like, do you balance cost or size is now a much trickier one than it used to be. Um, so yeah, I, I think I would probably push people towards the 10R because it is the cheaper phone, but it's certainly not a cheap phone by any means. Uh, so maybe, you know, you might see a lot of people flocking towards like the 8 uh, as still something that's kind of, I mean, it's still the kind of the same size. So Apple has shown that maybe it's not really interested in the small phone market. Uh, so I guess maybe we're all just going to need bigger pockets or more pockets, period. <laughs> or pockets at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think the answer I might have, if you want small and cheap, is well, don't look at Apple. Mm -hmm. um, there are other there are other phone platforms out there and other carriers, so um, you know consider them. And uh, otherwise, you take a look at what you're using the phone for and ask if small. You know, it, are you looking for small because you have small hands? Are you looking for small because you happen to identify as a gender? whose clothes historically do not have functional pockets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Represent it, Lisa. <laughs> or, you know, is it small just because you're like, I would like to not confuse my phone for my tablet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, part of me is like, given that our phone is becoming our more essential computing device, you know, I think big is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a matter of shifting how you interact with your phone. Uh, that's that's very well said, Lisa. I think that you hit the nail on the head there. With it, genuinely is if if somebody's looking for a smaller phone, 
and they ask me about it, I'm just going to say, yeah, I don't know that Apple is going to be your place for that anymore. And I honestly don't know if there are going to be many places that are your place for that anymore. Mm-hmm. If you want like a premium phone, that is the way that the market is going right now. And that's going to be the thing. And I, I guess what I would say is like for folks who maybe don't want to keep their phone in their pocket or <laughs> don't have a pocket in which to put their phone, um, I might encourage something like Apple Watch for them. Like if they're very, 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 very much into the Apple ecosystem and they want to remain a part of it, um, I can keep my phone across the room or in a bag or somewhere else and do everything on my Apple Watch that I would need to do on my phone, um, at least most frequently. And so that's that's a way to sort of, I think, limit the reasons to pull that gigantic phablet out of your bag or what have you. But ultimately, yeah, I just, I think that big phones are where it is right now. And we're all sort of waiting for the next step when maybe there isn't this thing we have to hold at all. We'll figure that out. I feel a bit like I'm sort of in crazy town over here that everyone, <laughs> <laughs> that everyone, <laughs> Without fail, every person that I know in my normal friendship circles, not in not in any particular nerdy online circles, friends, family, they all don't want phones bigger than the iPhone 7 or iPhone 8. Some of them still have an iPhone SE that they specifically bought. So, you know, they're sort of a couple of years old. They're not looking to change platforms. They like the iPhone and they don't pay close attention. So, you know, a few months ago, they'd say, oh... My phone's a couple of years old, thinking of upgrading this year. And I say, yeah, sure, you know, stick around, see what happens. And then the new lineup comes out and they're like, well, I've got a 6S or an SE. It's not dead, but, you know, if you want to upgrade, you don't want an 8. It's not a, a much of a leap. And then I, I guess what they'd be penned into is the iPhone ten, which is a reasonable size. It's just not the cheap one. And none of these people are people that have ever considered themselves premium users. So they've often bought just the sort of the new iPhone, the lowest model of it, let's say. And that's not an option. And may, maybe it's just the people I know. It just feels like, yeah, there is a big push. And logically, I'd say, hey, you know, the iPhone XR, great phone, reasonable price if you want a slightly bigger phone. And they're like... Definitely not. I do not want. <laughs> not I do not me. want a bigger phone, and I do not want an Apple Watch because, again, I don't want to spend a bunch of money. I just want a normal-ish iPhone, is what what they say. And and maybe, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Maybe they just take a year off and see what happens next year. All right. Well, that is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. This week's bonus topic is brought to you by our good friends at Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at just $5 a month, and you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers who are all serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team. You can email them, call them, even chat over IRC if that's your thing in the Linode community. They know how important it is to get the help you want, and they also have a suite of amazing guides and support documentation to give you reference when you need it. Linode's intuitive control panel will allow you to deploy, boot, resize, snapshot, and clone your virtual servers in just a few clicks, and they feature two-factor authentication to keep you safe. Linode has fantastic pricing options available, as I mentioned up top. Their plans started one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, your very good friends, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And on that one gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. With a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's absolutely nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use the promo code clockwise2018 at checkout. 
Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show and Relay FM. And now the bonus topic. I'm on vacation. We've been playing a lot of board games. Really quick, do you have a favorite board game currently or, or an all-time favorite board game? Lisa? No, because we were a viciously competitive family. <laughs> <laughs> and it all ended in tears. <laughs> wow, that got dark. Everyone's tears. Uh, <laughs> but I do have a soft spot for Trivial Pursuit. My, my favorite board game to play with... Uh, pretty much anybody like with a group of people it's called quelf um it's essentially just a board game of of different challenges so there are like four different card packs and they each have different varieties of challenges so some are like a rule that you have to follow for the rest of the game or uh you got to run and find something really quickly or what have you um but i refuse to play uno with folks because that is the one game where i turn into a monster normally i'm not very competitive but something about uno brings out that like very bad person inside and i'm not not fun to play with with uno so i don't oh, play that, that anymore that was another game that had my entire family screaming at each other and or in tears oh my yes. god it's that Uno's not nice <laughs> and you've totally you have to obviously clarify the rules in advance because some people do the the thing where you double stack the the draw twos and it gets messy oh, if you word. haven't clarified it you've yes. really got to get some ground rules before you go. But a game that I like that uh, does have rules, they're all written down, which is very helpful. Uh, Settlers of Catan, uh, it's sort of like Monopoly, but actually fun. Um, <laughs> and you you got to get the, the Cities and Knights expansion so you get the, the proper game. You build a city wall and you can feel all smug when the city gets invaded and everybody else loses their stuff. So uh, highly recommended. Not too hard, you know, medium level uh, for people to play, but good fun. Uh, I like lots of games, but the one that we just, I finally got a chance to play this weekend that I've been looking forward to is a game called Captain Sonar, where you have two teams of four and they're basically opposing submarines trying to hunt each other down, hunt for Red October style. It was super fun and delightful. Uh, all right. Well, now I've got some games to add to my list, but we've reached the end of this week's show. So all that remains is for us to thank our guest, Lisa Schmeiser. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm always delighted to be on. And Jeremy Burge, thank you so much for being here. About time I got invited back. (laughs) (laughs) And Micah, this brings Thor's day to a close. So until next time, all we have to do is remind our listeners, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Goodbye, F to you. (laughs) 